accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're continuing our DS9 coverage and we're running through Season 2. We're up to Season 2, Episode 4. It's called Invasive Procedures. First aired on the 17th of October, 1993. Written by uh, John Wepley and Robert Hewitt Wolf. Story credit goes to John Wepley. Directed by Les Landau. In this episode, a desperate trill tries to steal the Dax symbiont. We're joined by Amy to talk about this one. Welcome back Hi, to the everyone. show, Amy. Yeah, Thank you, were... you for having me. <laughs> Even um, highly requested, right? Yeah. Every day you ask me. I'm just trying are... to make the people happy. So here I am. <laughs> we actually, uh, some of the feedback we did the survey was that they want more women and that you were actually um, highly, highly requested. So what well, do you think of that? I mean. Or do you think that they're I'm just so, like I'm very, nighting I'm up? very flattered, but there hasn't been a big sampling of women. So <laughs> maybe we need to throw some more voices in there to get a. A better know, opinion. I don't know any other women. Anyway, um, yeah. we're going to be talking about invasive procedures, and uh, I'm going to play an audio clip. Me and Amy are going to come back, and we're going to break down this episode, Invasive Procedures. I'm, I'm sorry about all this. If everyone would just cooperate, I, I promise it will all be over soon. What will be over soon? This is an outrage. I demand to be released at once. Enough of your whining. Who are these people? What do they want from us? Funny. I was about to ask you that question. That's enough. I agree. Now tell me what you want here. Dax. I want Dax. Okay, so judging by the amount of times that you asked me to stop, <laughs> pause the episode, <laughs> and you asked me questions, and what, what did I say to you as we were watching this? He said, wait for the podcast, Amy. Yeah. So... Your big fear is he that... He wouldn't even let me Google, like, just to, just to review how the trill worked. He I, I, wouldn't even let me do that. Well, I think that the, the episode's <laughs> going to be a good starting point for us to talk about these kind of things. I don't, I don't need you studying up on Wikipedia about the trill and then coming on and telling me nonsense facts about it. So... All right. Uh, yeah, you asked me to pause the episode a whole bunch. Twice. You scowled I, I at asked, the screen. I, the entire 45 minutes. I did not scowl. And then when it was over, you had a blank look on your face and you said, I don't want to sound like an idiot on the podcast, but I don't understand what happened. So That's, That is not true. Wes is terrible at retelling stories. He, especially stories that involve me because they're usually like 95% inaccurate. I, I understand what happened. I just have... Some questions about how the trill works. Okay. So. That's all. This is an episode that basically functions as, so we've had a character called a trill. We've had Dax on the show for a couple seasons. Dax has generally been considered the worst character of the show so far. Even though the trill has great potential to be a really good character. Yeah, the trill have a potential to be an intriguing species if they were done right. So Like we were saying the other day, like Guinan, Guinan on steroids. It could be sort like of, a, but with a different. Yeah, I mean, she's, they're kind of similar to Guinan in that they live a long time, but they have kind of a different perspective because you can have different personalities apparently being pulled out of it and everything. But right. so we'll, um, I'll, I'll I'll read ahead by saying that some of the the patron feedback that we're going to read later on, um, the word mediocre is used 
frequently in in that. I actually think that this I'm episode is, is worse than mediocre. Um, it's I actually think it's a really bad episode, and oh. it's really not very good. And I was trying to disguise my hand as we were watching it. Because Do you I, want to talk about the things that are annoyingly bad in it? Well, we can talk, we'll talk about everything. So let's just talk in general. We'll save the um, we'll save the trill discussion for the end of it. So if we can talk about everything that's uh, wrong with the episode outside of the trill stuff, do you want to start? What was your first your first question to me was why why has the station been taken over so easily? Yeah, I mean, that's what's so, it's so annoying. They're all just sitting there, like, doing their work with the plasma storm, and they just, like, watch the Klingon, they watch these guys come on, and they're like, okay, let's walk to the, it's like, there's no guns underneath the consoles that they can, and. Starfleet's not a military organization, anyway. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You're, you're, They're like you're, space soldiers, <laughs> you kidding me? And Major Kira's a freedom fighter. You think she's just, she just, like. She got her ass kicked by that other woman. Uh, Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. And you're telling me that Cisco can't disarm that, like, you know. He has a terrible fight scene with the Klingon. He has a fight scene with the Klingon, who's uh, Tim Russ, I believe, who's actually. Oh, really? Do you know Tim Russ? That sounds familiar, but maybe I don't. Maybe I thought you said Tim Russ. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Tim Russ. It's uh, Tim Russ who plays Tuvok on Star Trek Voyager. Oh, I don't know who so, that is. Yeah, it's, not, it's not Tim Roth or Tim whatever. Um, the Cisco has a terrible fight scene with the Klingon. Uh, the, They're all terrible fight I mean, scenes. The, the whole... The I can't, and I also over. can't believe that the Quark is the one who like set this in motion by feigning an injury. Like, Well, he... What do you think happened there, actually, would be a good question. So was, they find Quark in the... Uh, docking bay and he's obviously set up that little device that allows the people to get around to the space station security so do do you have like a sense of what's going on because people generally don't like this episode because or they a big problem that people have with the episode is that quirk is like nakedly evil in a certain sense like he is the thing his betrayal of the other characters seems to be so egregious that it's like why did this happen in the first place and why do they keep him on there i just i don't after it's after it's all said and done yeah after it's like what purpose does he serve except just to fuck things up like dax almost dies Mm -hmm. because he wanted to make some money and they all know and kira's like i'm gonna have a talk with Quark. it's like like, just eliminate Quark. like why are you gonna talk to him (laughs) like all he does is annoy people and it's not even, I don't even, his character's not even interesting or really that funny. Well, I, I think that, I actually, I like Quark, but I'll say that the the reason he's kept around is because he's kind of a harmless nuisance. Like, the, the thing here is, and I, I think that they, I think the big problem is they don't really get into the reason as to what he thinks he's going to get out of this. Like, he, it seems like he gets played by violent I mean, terrorists. That, but that, but that's the thing, he always does. He's not even a smart thief or a smart like he, he's he, he always well, they, seems to run into these problems because he never thinks things through. He's just he's completely like one dimensional. He just wants an easy way to get cash. Yeah, and Gold that's it. Lineup. And like that's basically the only thing that motivates him. Yes, but I think that this episode is is different because he so obviously gets played and has such terrible consequences or potential consequences out of what he's done it's hard to buy 
what he thought he was doing in the first place. Like he obviously he obviously knew he had to disarm the security system, so that he knew that these people were up to no good, and he allowed armed. Uh, I'll, I'll keep saying terror. They're not really terrorists, but they're like armed criminals onto the station. And then he's kind of surprised by the way things have gone halfway through. And he tries to, he does that horrible scene where they, the writers try to make him save face by having him attack the Klingon. He jumps and you laughed when he jumped on the Klingon's back. Um, but other than that, it's like, it's, it's really, he's just so, there's no, re- it's tough to redeem the character after that and the Absolutely. episode doesn't really redeem him in my opinion anyway but what do you think yeah no i think the same as you i, I think it's ridiculous like i like, i laughed when kira was like i'm gonna have a talk with cork and she says that like, like what <laughs> i don't like I don't understand this and i mean it's frustrating too because i think cisco is such a great character like the the show i mean i at this point i think has it there's a lot of like potentially really good characters yeah. But it's just not like, for me... You haven't watched a lot recently. No, I guess I haven't watched a lot. But I I don't understand, based on like the gravitas of like, you know, the whole backstory and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The introduction of Quark just doesn't, really doesn't make any sense for me. Like, I understand the comic relief, but they could do that in so many other ways. Yeah. And so many better ways. I just Maybe it's the way the character is written, but I just... Do you, I, you, I, you obviously, you don't listen to the podcast, but Quark was Clay's favorite character from the first season. Well, I respectfully disagree. Maybe, <laughs> you, maybe Quark you've watched, comes Maybe in. you've watched some bad episodes with Quark. I, I think that I, I would disagree with you just by saying that he, this is not like his, this is not a standard characterization of him in this episode, which is the, the problem with it. Kind of like he is, he, the other episodes have shown him to be like, he's heroic, but he is the bad hero kind of of the group you know what i mean like he's he's the sort of morally duplicitous one out of it this one this episode does not justify what he thought like do you think the episode would be better if he was tricked or something or do you think that would make him look worse than what it is like how how would you fix quirk's interactions with everything that goes on here i mean he he to me he's always kind of tricked Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't, he doesn't ever like look into what he's doing or think deeply about what he's doing. I understand the value of having a quirk as being these like the eyes and ears of, you know, ears. yeah, of like the bar scene or whatever that Odo obviously uses him to try to get at like what's he's the informant. Yeah, like what other things are going on here, mm-hmm. which I think that's a valuable piece. I like, I see the value in that. You know, and maybe it's just the Ferengi characterization that, like, their particular species is just so... One-dimensional. Yeah, like, that they're just motivated by, like... Wheeling and dealing. Yeah, and greed. Yep. Um, Maybe it's just this, like, the the like the Ferengi that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just the way that they have to write Quark to, like, fit in with that characterization. But I would just... I would like him to be like a little bit more savvy. Like I would be fine if he was motive if he was completely self-motivated, but if he was like savvy and interesting and and actually funny, mm-hmm. then I I could get behind him, but I I just I don't even find him Well, I mean, say he was savvy and interesting cuz he's just in stupid. This... He just seems stupid to me. Say he was savvy and interesting in this episode, how does how does the plot change? Like I I think the fundamental problem is the fact that he 
he, he what is he trying to do he sells them that stuff in yeah. the bar scene i guess like that's that's the whole why doesn't why did they need to break onto the station to sell why couldn't they just come on uh, there were obviously like two motivating factors there was the trill that needed to get on there but then i i don't understand how he came in contact with the with the klingons to get that i mean they must have just they're like oh we're going there anyway to take that trill <laughs> let's right get, let's, we get, should, yeah. let's get that stuff <laughs> i mean that's that's kind of the that's the dumbness of the quark plot line here like the the episode to me is really just kind of um yeah they don't even need it no like that well they, they need they, someone to deactivate d- the yeah. thing but I, I feel like you could get around that by just saying the plasma, plasma did it caused yeah. everything yeah. to break down um yeah that's so true so they throw quark's character under the bus for no particularly good reason he doesn't really get a good redemption he sort of redeems himself by uh, breaking odo out the other weird thing is that they yeah, imprison like odo part. I like that part where he can break the locks. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, it fits his is character. Like, like, I like that. If they just did more stuff with him like that. So the <sighs> the takeover thing is another sort of portion of this where these terror, these criminals take off the station. They, oh imprison, they imprison Odo. They beat the shit out of O'Brien. That's uh, the start of the O'Brien must suffer for storylines. And um, hold everyone hostage. It's a very... It's a very talky episode. There's a lot of scenes of people just sort of standing around trying to talk to each other. And I think the big failing of it is just the fact that it doesn't really have an interesting angle that it wants to take things in. It's it's It wants to be both the heist movie. It wants to be the how can you really love someone if they've changed kind of thing with the, stuff, the subplot between the Trill and uh, the his woman, his lady friend. It's about like what kind of person are you like what makes a person and i think that the for how for how like a sensibly action focused there's really just a lot of sitting around and talking to each other and they don't really talk about anything interesting it's cisco really trying to convince that woman that the you know now that dax is joined with another trill uh host he's going to be different and then she's upset about that and everything like that yeah and i think i mean i like i like how cisco's character is He's always thoughtful before he acts. And, you know, I think that's it's almost fitting. For, I mean, I obviously I haven't watched as much as you have, but I think it's kind of fitting for his character to try to, like, look at the situation and try to, like, tap into the emotional side of things to try to, you know, without using force, you know. Yeah. That would make more sense if they were completely outnumbered and they had weapons coming at them from all angles. But... In the command center, there was one Klingon and then that one woman. Yeah. And there was O'Brien on the floor, Cisco, Major <laughs> Kira, and Quark. And you're telling me that they couldn't have disarmed at least the woman? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I was so frustrated the entire time because I see Cisco, like, you know, trying to, you know, manipulate that woman's emotions. But it's like, this is so stupid. They can just take them all out, like, break down the door of the infirmary and just save Dax. Yep. Nothing was stopping them from doing that. But then they're, I don't know. That's what was so frustrating to me. Like the whole thing. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'll agree that the... And they never even talked about like maybe the plasma could have messed up their weapons, but they never even talked about that. I don't don't think that was ever brought up. I'm actually looking at... And they're not holding phasers? Like they're not not, not on their belt at all times? Like Data would have been like on that shit, like right away. (laughs) Well, they they don't carry around a... Phasers, unless there's some sort of war, th- it's always a big to do when, when they start. I don't know. That would not have happened at Jean Luc Picard's <laughs> ship. Um, 
I mean, I think that the, you know, it's, it's a whole, it's a plot of convenience. Like they say that this station had to be abandoned and that's why they're outnumbered. Although the skeleton crew that remains is basically everyone who's in command of the station. <laughs> it's all the major cases. So uh, there's no, it's not like it's Cisco and a bunch of schlubs, which would, which actually might make more sense. Like you could actually have like a bunch of incompetent, not incompetent, but like lower uh, ranking people who are sort of scared or whatever about what's going on. But they don't do that. It's, the the take the whole thing the setup for everything feels to me forced because they really want this to be about the trill trill stealing a symbiont from another person and from what it is the uh, the reason that they wanted to do this episode was because the producers wanted to con- convey the idea that not every single trill is joined which is a question you actually had while it was going on and that it was extremely difficult to get a symbiont and this, they thought, would offer a commentary on the Jedzia character insofar as she was someone who did become joined at some point. So they're trying to flesh out Jedzia Dax. Um, I think this is probably the worst way possible. To do. Did you do the Dax episode with me in the first yeah. season where it was about Dax and they didn't have Dax in the episode right. for a lot of time? This is kind of the same thing. They have an episode that could be really revealing about Dax and she is not awake without the symbiont yeah. for any portion of the time. I mean, there's that, exactly, and you don't, like, the depth that is Dax, it just, I feel like, the, I, I mean, it does not come out. They just always talk about the eight lifetimes of wisdom, Yep. but you never actually see that in action, and it, it's just bad writing. Well, you know, yeah, so, I, well, well, I mean, the big, the big problem with this issue is the fact that it, I think it only confuses the trill. Like as a species, like the the Trill Society is like deeply confused about what it, it what it is supposed to be and what it would be what it would mean to be this joined species. Yeah. Can I ask you my? I mean, I, mm-hmm. oh, I feel so stupid because I'm like, what is a Trill? Like they take. <laughs> I guess like what I'm trying to say is like when when a Trill is born, what does a Trill look like? A human. They they look like the humans with spots. So, okay. The, but my my understanding. So we'll break down the understandings there. My understanding of the Trill is that the Trill are both the symbionts and those little humanoid, the humanoid the people, host. the host characters. They are all referred to as Trill, and they, some of them become joined, the symbionts. And, and when, you're, they, when you're joined, that, that, like, that organism... The little slug thing lives in your belly. ...is put in you? Like yes. when you when So when you're, if I'm a Trill and I've been deemed worthy of joining, Mm -hmm. they do an operation where they put a symbiont in me. Yes. And the symbionts live for a very long time. So that's the reason that they can go through hosts. And like my Trill body will die after like a certain amount of years. A normal amount of human And then that that symbiont symbiont goes to another host. And in the emissary, in the pilot DS9, we saw the Dax symbiont getting moved from Curzon Dax, which was the Dax that Cisco met. So that's right. how he knows Dax, and it went into Jadzia, and that's how her sort of origin story. But and the first name of the trilogy, Jadzia, is just the, the human, host, the host yeah. name. So Dax. Okay. So the the confusion to me, it even goes down to that where they refer to Dax as if the symbiont and Dax are two different things. They they always refer to the symbiont as if it's like its own standalone thing like Cisco will be like Dax give back that symbiont and I, I watch the episode just going Dax is the symbiont like why yeah the, the it's very confusing how much say the symbiont has over anything because it seems to have absolutely no say about anything except for remembering things like it it, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't it didn't compel I mean it compelled Varad 
like to stop and be like, ooh, like I do have Dax inside of me. Like, I, and then it, and but then the other thing. Sorry, you finish your point. I no, you th- th- that's the, the the whole thing is that it's very confused about what sort of agency the Dax character, like the Dax symbiont, has. Where it's it's clear that you know so far the host has a big amount of input into what the the symbiont has, but apparently if you put the symbiont into a immoral person the Dax symbiont has no control over what the character starts acting like i also would have loved to see because of what sorry how do you say her name jedzia jedzia dax talks about um you know not every not every trill can be joined and if a trill is put in, it is joined improperly, which is, I guess, what is implied with Varad if you don't is joined with Dax, because that's an improper joining. Mm-hmm. You don't really see what happens. It's just like, it's like a stronger, more confident Varad with like more hair on his chest. And it's yeah. like, he seems like he's doing well, pretty well to me. Like, I don't understand that's why one, that's a bad joining. That's the one thing. They'll actually fix this in a future episode, or they, they go off of that. But the, um, the th- I, I like the fact that when... I think that the actor who plays Varad is very good because he plays him out as that nebbish character. And I think that joining with the symbiote should add like a level of confidence Definitely. to them. And I think that the reason Jadzia Dax is not particularly good is because she does, the actress can't portray that kind of like, I'm like, I'm an organism that's lived for four lifetimes. Like I have all this experience, which I think all the trills should be like. This yeah, she's wizening. just like extremely kind. Like that's like the depth of her. Guy. And she's she seems like, nice. She's like, like very patient and kind. Yeah. And Varad gaining the Dax symbiont like how can you have the Dax character having conversations with Cisco when he there's no there's no regret on the symbiont's part like does the symbiont feel anything what's the advantage of joining with the symbiont if it's so they're a immoral they don't seem to care about anything and b they just seem to be basically a repository for memories that can go into people like they there's no Right. Like, where's the loyalty? And because uh, because Varad, if he'd not been shot by Cisco, would have just gone on. Yeah. Varad Dax or whatever. And I I think that the the plot would actually be better served if it wasn't a straight-up criminal act of getting the Dax symbiote. Like, say Jedzia Dax got really sick or something, and they had to temporarily put the... This is kind of what they did in the TNG episode where they introduced those. But if you had to temporarily put the symbiote into somebody else and like the awkwardness of like that's what the TNG episode dealt with basically but that would go to flesh out how much how much control the the Dax character actually has versus the host which I I feel is just really off like I um there's a there's a in the Spider-Man comics there's a character named Venom who has like a, a symbiote and it's a human who are like joined you saw the movie didn't mm-hmm. you Spider-Man 3 but they do something there that I think the Trill should do. Like, they always refer to themselves as we whenever that yeah. character is talking because it is two people. So it makes sense that they would refer to themselves in the plural and, like, there's, like, a conversation going on in their head. Right. And the, the Trill don't have that conversation. So it's, like, it's this very dull, boring... Like, why do you want to become joint? What's the advantage of the right. symbiont? And, and what is the... And, and they did nothing to show the distinction between a trill worthy of joining and a trill unworthy of joining, which Right, really because it turns me. out to be the same. Because it's, yeah. Well, because, Varad, I mean, unless something happens after X number of minutes or years, 
they do nothing to show why Varad couldn't be joined. Well, it's except a, the fact that he's just a dick. It's a weird contradiction, right? Because he doesn't meet the standard for joining, so they don't give him one. But when he gets the symbiont, he seems just as capable as anybody else who, like, right. it seems in, in some sense it makes the... Unless it would have implying he would have misused the power instilled in him by the symbiont, which is, which I guess, like, fine. Like, well, they, they saw in him, like, a vulnerability and a lack of confidence that shows that they wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to use that wisdom properly. He'd probably used it for bad reasons mm-hmm. than for, like, good. But, I mean, I think he's just doing it because he felt slighted. I think it's internally inconsistent because we've been arguing here that through the actions of the episode, right, the host seems to have priority in the relationship. Like the host's personality seems to take the dominant position. So why, however, once the Dax symbiont is put into Varad, is that his name, Varad? I think so. That's what I've been calling him. Um, Once it's put into Varad, the Dax symbiont seems to take control like the dex engine just makes you a competent person at that point so who cares what the host personality is even though the host the immorality of the host seems to take priority once you put the symbiont in there he just becomes a competent person so who cares and i even if they if they took the episode and they explored that like the trill the humanoid trills are very like meek like they need the symbionts basically to like have like a functioning kind of personality or something like they don't do that. It seems to be that the trill humanoids are just normal people who undergo this surgery for some reason. Yeah, that's you know what. what I mean? um, yeah, that, that's what. What's I always freaking forget her name? Jetsia. Jetsia. Um, I always want to call her Luxana, like Luxana Troy. I don't know why, but um, way off. Way off. But Jetsia yeah. is not even in the episode. Well, why is she unconscious throughout this entire... Why not have her awake and show her what her non-Dax personality is like? And I just... And the way that she just g- gave up like that really bothered me. When she gave the symbiote up? Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I understand morally well, she's like, I want to save people on the ship. But I'm just like, you guys have the power to use your strength and like... You know, teamwork to like but not also, make this happen. But they're all just like, yeah, like, let's just you know, satisfy, satisfy this person and save, like... Well, it's funny because they, they play it, right, like she is sort of playing a trick. She'll be, like, they play it as if the host realizes that passing on the Dax symbiont would be advantageous and you can play, the Dax symbiont will be able to play the other host or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That but that doesn't right. happen. She, she must clearly know that when you give it up, the Dax symbiont will not do anything to, like, help you in the water. Yeah. So why, why is she so willing? I would understand her being capable and willing to give it up if she thought that when she passed over the symbiont, the symbiont would help them on some level yep. and make this person confused. But it doesn't do that at all. Right. So why, why does she, she just, she just says she doesn't want to sacrifice her friends, but it's like. But I think that's who you're, that's pointing to the weakness of the character that they haven't figured out. They haven't figured out how to characterize the trill. Yeah, right. Um. Because yeah, your your point is like a really good one. I think if you, you know, they're, yeah, you flustered. No, no, I just I just find the whole episode just really frustrating. No, I I agree. It I was think really it's... frustrating to watch, and it was just like all this inaction and. I mean, I, I think the best part is just that you knew guest how it was going to end. Played, but... Yeah, you know how it ends, and he, he'll get the trail back and everything, and. and... 
yeah, I, I find it just really unsatisfying. It was them attempting to flesh out something that was horribly unfleshed, and they only made it more they confusing. They made it so much more confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, at, at one point, I was just like, is that organism the trail? <laughs> like, I was so confused. You're too hung up on the trail. I, I was really it's hung more, up on It's more that. philosophical than that, I think. Yeah, I just, I don't know. There was just a whole lack of, like, you know, gusto on the part of, like, the team on that ship where I was like, they're just not, they did nothing to try to save Dax. No. Which really annoyed me. I would have been for more scenes of, if you examined Cisco knowing, you know, just Cisco knowing Dax is played off so pointlessly. It's and like, they could have, there, there, there was a lot of potential in that interaction that yeah. just fell completely flat. I mean, why not have the Dax symbiont take more control and realize that, it has to sort of sacrifice itself to save the crew that are its friends. Yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't do that. Yeah. It's, it's not, there's no argument from the symbiont's point of view of, like, let me go with this yeah. guy. When he was about to leave, he was like, oh, hey, wish we could have made it three lifetimes, buddy. But I guess, hey, we got to stop at two. We got to stop at two. That's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very weak, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, oddly, the, uh, the producers it? actually kind of like this episode. I'll read a couple things, which is very weird. Iris Stephen Bear uh, Glover was great, but so was Megan Gallagher. I thought she was just wonderful. It was one of my favorite shows of the season. I love the stuff with Rod becoming Dax and the scene with him and Cisco where suddenly his friend. It was very interesting material. Robert Hewitt, uh, I'm really pleased with the Mesa procedures. Glover's Varad turned in the tour de force performance. I agree with that. Avery, as usual, was great. Les Landau gave it excellent direction. Um... Michael Pillow said, I've been extremely pleased with the growth of Terry's performance. I thought she was very touching in this episode, and the ensemble really worked well together. I thought their emotionality of the Trill stuff was very melodramatic. None of it really landed for me, but that's about it. Um, so the producers kind of liked it, but I did not like it. So we're going to take a break. I really disagree with all of that. We're going to take a, we're going to take a break. We're going to play an audio clip, and then me and Amy are going to come back. We're going to our final thoughts, and we'll read some patron thoughts. Looks like that goodbye was a little premature. Don't be ridiculous. You're not going to shoot me. What makes you so sure? This is Dax you're talking to, Benjamin. We both know that if you shoot me, even on stun, you risk killing the symbiont. If I let you go, Jabzia dies. But Dax will live. What's one girl's life compared to eight lifetimes of knowledge and experience? Nerd, everybody, we're back. We're going to be going through our final thoughts and our patron thoughts here. So we'll do the patron thoughts first. Do you want to read them? You're leering at the paper. <clears throat> Holly McLaughlin. Laughlin. McLaughlin. She's yelled at me on Twitter for that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's not an A. <laughs> Allie, was, Allie was looking at his picture the other day. That's Holly's picture, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Invasive Procedures love seeing Tim Russ. Nice to get more insight into the symbiont host relationship and logistics. Yeah, I mean, I like thinking about the trill, but this one just made me feel confused and frustrated about the trill. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i desperately wanting... I don't think the trill ever actually get fleshed out. But it has really such well. potential. It's such a good idea. Yeah, it is. It's just they never... It's really so annoying the way they can't... It's, it's the same thing that I felt with Troy... Where it's like I a, think it's more than that. Like Troy, at least Troy, at least makes sense on some level. Like there's there's little bits of like why can't she do this at this point kind yeah. of stuff that they have to write around. But the there's no superpower to the trill. 
Dax is basically a very smart person. Like that's the only advantage that we've seen so far is that she's she's very capable of solving science problems. Like that's the extent of right. it. And there's nothing else that the joining really seems to give that character. Yeah, where it, it they always talk about this wisdom of years, but it doesn't really doesn't emerge. Come across, yeah. Um Zam Nuclear Wessel. Mm-hmm. Invasive procedure is a very mediocre trek. You have some fun performances from the guest stars, but the use of the main cast doesn't quite fit. Quark is too nakedly criminal, and you have Dax disappearing from her own story again. Not terrible, just full of the kinds of mistakes Trek writers on uh, TOS and TNG already made and learned from. Um, Joint Mango is next. Invasive Procedures. Decent episode with bonus Tuvok. I don't know what that was. Tuvok. Tuvok is Tim Ross, not Um, Tim Roth, but is the character on Voyager. Should have been Tim Roth. No, but Tim Ross is, yeah, he was good. Uh, Stephen Kalb. Invasive procedures. Zam Nuclear Wessel summed it up best with how blatantly criminal Quark is in the episode. I think some better explanation as to what the bad guys told Quark they were going to do would help clarify. I find it hard to believe that Quark would sell the crew out like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd agree that Yeah, that was Quark's, to be so nefarious. Quark, Quark needed, there needed to be a scene where Quark explained what the hell was going on yeah. because what he did actually didn't make any, a lot of sense. And I guess level. like going back to what you said, if he was tricked, if he just thought this was going to be like a transaction between like two Klingons not understanding yeah. the ulterior motive. I just, I just don't know if tricking him is right, if, if playing the character off is stupid in that case works. Maybe it does, but it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read the next one? Okay. Then you can read the last one. Okay. Matt Ross writes, Invasive Procedures. Ugh, didn't we just escape TNG seasons one to two? This was like oral surgery through my behind with so many cliches. No die. He's going to go back to Jezia. If they used the love to solve the problem, it would have been better. I have just too many issues. Like, where the hell is the crew? And don't give me their all away for the storm. Really? Everybody? If I recall, some guy said they couldn't run a starship with 19 people in case M5 went bad, but I digress. Why is there no security protocols anywhere? This feels like a leftover script. At least we know Tim Russ's range. And the only quirk has balls, I mean lobes, to take out the Klingon? Here's a glaring question. Odo's comm badge. Sometimes it turns liquids, but they take it off him. What the hell? This show is his comm badge does work. I didn't really understand the... Trapping Odo is just... I guess just because you don't want a shapeshifter. Yeah, like he could have... Yeah, he would have been difficult to defend against. It is a... um, I always think of the Ghostbusters. It's very Ghostbustery what they do when they just... Yeah. (laughs) Odo is funny because you can sort of just... um, take care of him if you put him in a box basically like you you know he's not he's he, he containing him is fairly uh, relatively you easy. know what who else Otto is like that this just Otto, Otto yeah Otto <laughs> Odo. Odo sorry <laughs> that's terrible remember the secret world of Alex Mack yeah that's what she would do but she had more powers right she could shapeshift and and she I think she could like she had like psychic powers. She could like do it? things with her mind too, yeah. but she always turned into that gel and she was able to like travel she could, around. She could make heads explode. And... Yeah, that made me like go really go back. <laughs> I loved Alex Mack. Okay, Kyle Barrett. Invasive procedures. It's strange having DS9 evacuated two episodes in a row. Did they just forget to ask the extras back? That episode works, although it's nothing special because of the guest actor who completely changes his posture and speech patterns when he gets joined with Dax. It's a cool way of showing how much power the symbiote has. Also, Cisco asking Dak if she knows Verod just because he is a trill is incredibly racist. They don't all know each other. <laughs> you disagree? I just I just had to read that sentence again. <laughs> asking Dax if she knows Verod just because he is a trill is incredibly racist. 
It's like, it's like when you go when well, you. Well, she there. looked. I mean, I think he was like basing off of how she was looking at him. I think he's making a joke, baby. Oh. <laughs> It's just saying it's it's if it's like if you go back to you or someone says you're oh you're from New Jersey do you know Bob? No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it, Kyle. So, um, the S nine was evacuated too in a row though. This was a much lower key, much more low key evacuation. The previous episode had a big attack on the station. Yeah, they weren't worried about this plasma storm at all. It's a a rare event that you actually see stormy stuff going on outside the station, though. We don't really see that very frequently. Um, And I agree. I think that the guest actor joining with Dax was something that they should have fleshed out. You know, that's the if the performance is good enough to do that, then I think you have to flesh out the reason as to why you want to make that a focal point of your episode. Mm -hmm. As it stands, it just seems like it's. um, what is it? Is the are those B four shots that people always claim make you like feel great? B twelve. B twelve. It's like it's basically just the uh, the Star Trek equivalent of a B twelve injection. And you're like, wow, I feel wonderful and confident, and I can go hit on chicks. Yeah, there was a doctor I used to work with at the clinic. He was a troll. Yeah, and he would say whenever she didn't know what was going on with the patient, she would just give a vitamin B twelve shot, and they always left a little bit happier. That's- <laughs> That's why uh, my health insurance costs so much. Um, that's about it. Guys, thank you very much. As always, if you want to leave comments about the upcoming shows, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file, and you can post uh, on one of the posts there about the upcoming episodes. We read them out on the podcast. Thank you very much, guys, for writing in. It's fun to read the comments. Um, now we're going to give our rating on our 1 to 5 scale. Amy, what are you going to give invasive procedures? I I don't know. I Tim Russ was good. Um, not, however, Tim Russ is um, the Klingon, I believe. So you, you, Tim Russ is not. Good. I don't. I, the actor you're talking about? No, the, oh, that's not. That's oh, not I meant, Tim Russ. Oh, okay. Well, the, I thought the actor that played Varad was Just good. good yeah. um, excuse me, but I don't think that saves it enough. Um, I think it's a two. Two. Yeah. I'll, give it, I'll give it a one because I think it's oh. pretty awful. <laughs> so oh, okay, well, I, just, I feel I better now. I don't, I don't think it. Um, I don't think it works on any level. I think it confuses the trill, and I think it's actually a very boring episode. Even though it's kind of action based, it's really dull and boring. What happened to O'Brien after his shoulder was mended? He just sat there. Well, he got shot with a phaser, and then the guy kicked him when he was on the ground when he, t- he tried to get up. So um, he got hit. He, he was two, just down. He was just down. Too bad. A running theme is that O'Brien is the character who gets the uh, the shit kicked out of him. That's kind of the... Yeah, he was already guilt-ridden. He yeah, blamed yeah. himself for what happened. <laughs> guy. He's the opposite of Quark. But yeah, um, I think that's it. I'm going to give it a one. Him, you'll give it a two. I think this is, this is a very bad episode. It just kind of squanders I a... I agree. It was uh, a generous two. It probably doesn't deserve that. I just didn't want to come across as too mean. Yeah, it squanders a lot of good faith. But anyway... You can check out all the social media links. They'll be in the video description. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash file if you want to support the show. Let us know anything else that's going on. Leave your comments, all that jazz. Um, I think we're done. Thank you for coming on the show, Amy. Oh, thanks for having me. We'll try to get some more ladies on. Yes. We'll get Wes out there again. That's, that's... <laughs> we'll we, just, we just bought a snowblower, and Wes was using that today, so maybe he can just walk walk down the street with that and pick I'll up take, some ladies. I'll take my shirt off and snowblow them <laughs> in the driveway. Um, yeah, that'd be like a uh, it's like a comedy sketch. Like you go to a bar and it's like you're trying to like pick up a, a third wheel for your threesome or something. It's like you invite him back to the podcast about Star Trek. So do you watch DS Nine. That's pretty much my ultimate. <laughs> <laughs>
DS9 is the sexiest sounding of the, uh, the Star is. Trek titles. Yeah. Might be Voyager, actually, might be. Yeah, it's all in how you say it. It's all, in the, it's all in the tone. Yeah, it's Vo- Star Trek Voyager. Do you watch Deep Space Nine? Nice. <laughs> With that, we're going to call it a day. Um, let's see. I think that's it. You want to say goodbye? Bye, guys. All right. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. See you.